You're listening to Hot Takes with Brittany and Travis. Damn, these takes are hot. How? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Hot Takes podcast. So today we have Marie, who is a certified personal group trainer. She received her certification in nutrition from SAIT and then graduated from the University of Calgary with honors with a Bachelor of Social Work. After completing her education, Marie began her journey of starting her own health and wellness business, Inside Out Total Wellness. Marie's unique program supports three key elements of wellness, physical health, proper nutritional health, and psychosocial counseling. Marie uses her program to promote a growth mindset for her clients, helping nurture her clients to believe that with the right resources, with the right amount of time, and in the right way, every individual can meet their wellness goals. So welcome, Marie. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for being on the podcast. So in your own words, what inspired you to create your own business, Inside Out Total Wellness? Well, so when it comes to, you know, wanting to create my own business, I have to say the past, I'd say the past few years, it kind of, that thought always crossed my mind of what would it be like to have your own business? I'm not sure. I feel like most people have probably had that, that thought cross their mind, you know, like the benefit of being your own boss, having a flexible, flexible schedule and just being in charge of the decision making. So, you know, some of that sounds pretty good, right? Um, but I'll just give you a little bit of background knowledge of kind of where I came from, even though you did uh, say that really well, Britt. And I don't want to bore you guys, so I won't say too much. But um, so bore us away. Yeah. All right. Here we. Perfect. Then. Um, so when I was at State, so this was about five or six years ago. That's when I did my nutrition program. Um, I learned a lot about just the science behind nutrition and the knowledge of actual nutrition. Um, so when I came out of that program, I could easily go work with someone and teach them all about nutrition and give them a program and basically kind of be like, good luck. Uh, but I was like, Hey, that's not going to be enough to help people make behavioral and sustainable changes in their life. There's so much more to just giving someone a piece of paper and telling them to follow something. Um, there's a lot of barriers that can arise and I think it's much more of a mental or mindset process than just the physical. Uh, so that's when I kind of had the thought of going into the social work program because I wanted to get more of that mental health background and how can I help people better in making these changes because I just felt like I didn't have all the skills that were needed to do so. Um, so in that in the social work program, I was really lucky to learn a lot about advocacy and you know, just understanding that a lot of people don't have the access to healthy foods or um, walking paths or like just transportation to go to gyms or recreational centers. So I got to learn a lot about the environment and how that plays a role, as well as just the role of how of community or culture um, in, in wellness. So I got I started to really get that knowledge in that background. And then also being at the Calgary Counseling Center, I got to really build up my knowledge in the mental health background and understanding ways to uh, help people from that from a mental health perspective. So then when I graduated out of the social work program, you know, any new graduate, what are they doing? They're, the first thing they do is like, hey, I got to get a job. Like, I went to school for this many years, I spent all this money, like, I got to get a job. So, you know, after tons of resumes and cover letters and all that fun stuff, I was, you know, trying to find a job, lots of interviews, but nothing excited me. Like, 
you know, they say when you're when you're a new graduate, you kind of just take what you can get because it's like get your foot in the door kind of thing. Um, but my, my mindset was more, you know, you have one life. Life is short and I want to love every moment of what I do. And nothing was really speaking to me uh, job wise in the field um, and especially combining everything that I did. So, again, how Britt, you mentioned the different elements. So that's mm-hmm. nutrition, that's exercise and that's mental health. I couldn't find a business or organization or anything that did all three of those things. And that's when it kind of, I started getting like little thoughts of, Hey, what if I started my own thing? Like that, that could be a good idea. Right. But then I would kind of ignore it and just keep looking for jobs. Um, so anyways, yeah, I would just think of small ideas of, you know, of, of, of maybe having my own business. And I had this little journal and every time I'd have a thought, I'd jot it down and I'd be like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. Or this is a good idea. And my mind would start flowing with different ideas of, of um, what my business would maybe entail. And then I kind of just brought it up with people around me and they were like, yeah, that is actually like really smart. Um, Cause I didn't want to feel like I was crazy. Right. You know, you have a good idea and then you, you share it with someone. They're like, no, that's actually not a good idea. Uh, so I wanted to double check. So anyways, I started getting this list, but I think the biggest factor too was when I thought of the name. So, you know, one day I was just thinking and inside out total wellness just kind of came to me and I thought about it so often, you know, when someone says like, if you want to get a tattoo and you're thinking about it all the time and they're like, okay, well, that's probably a sign that you need to get the tattoo. Um, That was kind of the same thing. I was thinking about it quite often. So I was like, you know what? I think this is the universe telling me that I need to do something with this, but it was actually COVID that really pushed me to launch my business. So, you know, I try to look at the positives of COVID and I would say maybe this was one of the things that I know there's not a lot of positive that comes out of, the, of COVID, but it just gave me that time to really buckle down and kind of sort out all the logistics and create a business plan and everything that would entail me actually launching my business. It's one thing to have a name and an idea, but there's so much more to actually launching your business. So it gave me time to do that. And I was like, kind of like, what the heck do I really have to lose? Right? Like I might as well do this. We're all sitting at home anyways, you know, so let's, let's just try this out. And I also realized I've so had a lot of people in my life in different areas that could support me. So like I have friends that are graphic designers. One of my friends made my logo, um, marketers, one of my friends in my, my website for me, finance, finance, accountants, photographers, HR, psychologists. So I was like, Hey, like I wouldn't be doing this all on my own, which was kind of a, a nice thing to know you have support when you need it. Um, so yeah, that was kind of what really started. And once I got all the details and I was ready, I was like, you know, is anyone really prepared, like truly prepared to launch or start a business? I would say no. You can kind of have all the things like panned out and ready to go. But I think you just learn as you go and you kind of just have to take the 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 leap and just do it. Um, as Nike would say, I like that slogan. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's kind of all of that that brought me to getting to the point of, of launching my business and just wanting to combine all those aspects of the mental health, the physical and putting them together. So I like that you have that three prong approach because I agree that's super unique. And mm-hmm. it's interesting that you couldn't find any comparable companies because it seems like an obvious thing to address is all these really important areas. So I personally have been on your your diet portion of this program. I'm on your wellness journey as, as you so eloquently <laughs> put it. So do your typical clients go through all three aspects of this program or do they kind of isolate and pick one or two? Yeah, that's a really good question. I would say 
that the number one thing people come to me originally for is usually the physical. So like the exercise piece. Um, and I always kind of say like, I, I am by no means good at sales. Um, but I'm like genuinely being honest when I say, you know what, listening to your goals and what you're, you're wanting to achieve, it sounds like the nutrition would also really complement this as well, or would help speed up the progress. A lot of people are like, no, nah, I'm just going to try out the physical part first or just do the training or the exercise. But then a couple of weeks later, they're like, no, okay, I want to add in the nutrition. They kind of realize it goes hand in hand. The mental health piece, I haven't had anyone specifically actually come to me just for their mental health. It's always the physical. I think people forget that like that how important our brain is and it controls everything we do. I don't, I'm not sure why, but um, working with clients, it really does eventually lead or stem into um, the mental side as well. So I, I would say it starts with the physical, but then it really, really actually ends up going into the mental part. Um, but not everyone just comes looking for all three, but it ends up becoming all three, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking too, like, I feel like a lot of people, like they go, oh, I don't want to look like how I look anymore. And they like, don't tie it to like the mental part. They're like, oh, if I look better, if my image is better, then like my brain's automatically going to feel better, which always is the case, mm-hmm. right? So it kind of is nice. This program is like all encompassing. So it's like they start to see results with their body, but their mind still might not be the same and they still have that access for you. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny, like, it's funny you say that, because honestly, I'd have to say the main things people come to me are, they're like, hey, like, so I like, let's talk about goals. Let's talk about what you're hoping I can support you with. And the number like the top things always I want a bigger booty. Thanks, Kardashians. Um, I want uh, to lose weight, or I just want to get ripped. Like I want to gain muscle and I want to look like Superman kind of thing. Um, It's never it's always like something to do with the physical piece. And I think people really do forget how important the mental part is. Uh, So for example, like people will forget about their relationship with themselves, their body image, like how do they feel about themselves? They'll forget about their relationship with food or um, just about unhelpful thinking or thoughts that, that they'll have and how to manage or work with those. They'll forget about managing their stress levels, which cortisol plays a part in like losing weight and things like that. Um, And all those things are so crucial to meeting those physical goals. And I don't think people realize how important those things are. So it's like working, working on those things first will eventually get you to also those physical goals as well. They kind of go hand in hand, but people are never just coming to me and being like, let's work on my brain or let's work on the circuitry Mm -hmm. and, and my thoughts and things like that. Right. What do you think? Actually, like from what you just said, you probably want to start from that angle and then go into the physical and nutrition. It's like get your cortisol levels oh, in for check, sure. your stress, and then <laughs> let's like tackle the physical. So it's kind of funny people are going from the opposite side. Yeah. yeah. So how do you actually approach the the mental health angle? Because the diet and the exercise are obviously have been around forever, but the the whole mental health aspect is pretty newly emerging in, in today's society. And I think it's kind of a metaphor that you've mentioned. You know, people are addressing the health and their physical body, but um, in today's world, like no one's really considering the mental health and it's only becoming more prevalent with COVID. So mm-hmm. what is your actual angle and approach you take for addressing that? Usually, like, especially in our, our first kind of meeting, I'll kind of get an idea of where the person's at mentally, just from like the questions I ask. Um, a lot of the times I'll be able to to see that there's barriers that they're facing and I'll be able to like 
like kind of what I said about relationship with food or their relationship with themselves, a lot of the times I'll realize they're having a lot of like unhelpful thinking and thoughts. So it's a, it's a mindset piece, right? Um, I wouldn't always just say I have people and I'm like, hey, they have, I don't diagnose. I'm not like you have depression or anxiety or things like that. But through getting to learn and to know that person, I do start to learn that those things can come into play. And then that can like affect their motivation. So for example, say I have someone on a program and you know, they're just really struggling with doing that. We talk a lot about barriers that may come up and maybe for them, the struggle might be the motivation because they are diagnosed with depression or they're having all these unhelpful thinking and these thoughts. That's when we'll kind of, you know, go segue more into the mental health. So we'll look at like um, ways to help manage that unhelpful thinking, different things that will, different strategies I'll use with them. A lot of the times with people we're working on stress management, which is really important with meeting their health goals as well as that kind of leads into like their sleep. I always check out how their sleep is doing as well. If they're really stressed, they're all, they're usually not having um, a good time sleeping and that's going to impact them meeting their physical and eating healthier and things like that. Um, I wouldn't say I have like a direct or certain way that I always go about it. It really depends on the client and the more I learn about them. Like I've had people come to me for the physical and then right now we're actually just working on the mental piece because I'm like, you know what, I think right now it's more important to work on these your our relationship with yourself before we even look at like the weight loss and stuff. And then they eventually kind of agree with me and and they end up feeling a lot better focusing on that part first. Um, but yeah, it's just different strategies like I'll use, you know, from kind of my from my mental health background, like CBT. So that's cognitive behavioral therapy. So it's looking at their thinking and then using different um, strategies on changing the thinking that changes their behavior, basically. So it comes, it always starts with like the thinking. Um, I don't think people realize that it's one thing to change your body, whether it's gain weight, lose weight, put on muscle, but it's even takes a longer time to change the way you think. It's a, it's a process, right? Yeah, totally. Um, I love that you brought up the sleep aspect as well, because in a conversation I had with you a couple of days ago, you, you practice what you preach. You said you get nine hours of sleep a day, which I think is pretty unheard of. Uh, so, and, and I love that also like you, you take that angle of the, of the mental health approach. Cause I think it's so important. And I was, I was recently having a conversation with a friend of mine and we were talking about just getting normal therapy mm. and it's priced around $200 an hour. So it's super inaccessible to people. So when you define like, you know, you have these, these CBT therapies, I'm just curious, is it come up organically in a coaching session or are you doing like more therapeutic, you know, classic sitting down and just having a conversation? Like, how do you actually approach that? Is it from more of a therapy angle or does it just come up organically as you're doing these regular diet nutrition sessions? Um, I would definitely say it comes up organically. I think just because a lot of the people that are coming to me, it isn't specifically just just for the mental health, like a counseling session. I also find that, I don't know, like I've been to therapy a couple times and I think it's like important. I think we should all go to therapy sometimes, honestly. Like it's good to just have a conversation with people if you're facing any kind of challenges. But I find that like one-on-one, like when I was at the Calgary Counseling Center, I found it not as as effective of like, I don't know, there was like some kind of pressure and some kind of like role of like the therapist is higher up and the client's kind of, you know, a little bit lower, if that makes sense. And um, so I think when it's just more of a conversation, whether at the gym, they actually show there's actually a lot of evidence that shows um, it's a lot more effective to have those conversations when you're moving your body, just because that person feels more comfortable and their endorphins are higher and they're already feeling good. So they're more, more responsive 
to taking in information and to talking about things. So I find that it's better to just kind of do it within a conversation um, than I guess just sitting in a chair facing each other kind of thing, like very formal, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that it's it's been really effective that way. Um, so I haven't necessarily just had like a, a counseling session where where we're just doing that, like it'll, it'll be kind of combined with other things too, whether, you know, we are looking at the nutrition piece or the exercise, even if they're say, we're just training and we'll, we'll kind of come up to conversation and we'll talk about some like stress management skills and things like that. Yeah. That's so interesting. Cause I think one of the biggest barriers to entry to therapy is, well, first of all, the price, but then secondly is building that, that rapport and that, that camaraderie between the therapist and the patient. Like you mentioned, you have this one person who's in a position of power, um, so that's, it's, it's great to hear that there's other ways of approaching your mental health where you can start having these conversations. And it's, it's cool that it, while you're moving your body, it's more effective as well. But I think almost more important than that is like, you've already built that trust and that relationship through other means. Um, and now you, you're kind of just getting into that, that exploration after you've already, already built it up and they already trust you. So that, I think that's great. It's almost like, do you think it's, it's better to, start doing like the diet and nutrition first, as opposed to doing the mental health angle. Like that's obviously how it's worked out for you. But mm-hmm. if you had it your way, would you prefer them to come to you in the reverse order? Um, not necessarily. Honestly, if I could, if I had it my way, <laughs> if it was a perfect world, I would say all three kind of at once. So like mm-hmm. combining. So exercise and nutrition would be used as an intervention to help with their mental health. Because again, there's so much research and evidence showing how effective nutrition and and, um, exercise is now with helping with anxiety or depression. um, And just that mental health, um, any kind of just mental health in general, like it, you know, in some cases, even more effective than actually using uh, any kind of medications. So I would use them all together, I wouldn't necessarily just do the mental, we talk about it, but then we'd use exercise and nutrition to um, help improve their mental health and things like that. Is there anything else you would do if you had it all your way? If I had it all my way? Um... In my case, I'm probably one of your worst clients because I only did the nutrition pathway. (laughs) No, honestly, I love just doing the nutrition. And I mean, it's hard because in some cases, I'm having clients who already are exercising on their own five days a week and they have their routine down pat. So it's kind of like, well, they're already doing that and like they're doing really well on that. So they're specifically just coming for support on the nutrition, right? Or sometimes I do have people that come in and they're literally better cooks than me and they already kind of know the basics and of eating well and stuff. And they actually just need someone to train and yell at them because they don't want to get off the couch to go work out. So it's just really dependent per person. So mm-hmm. you were a great client. Like you were, you were awesome. Um, <laughs> I mean, could we improve your cooking skills a little bit more? Yes. But <laughs> I mean, cause remember you told me you're like, you had no idea that cooking kale was as simple as just putting olive oil, salt and pepper. Like <laughs> it was a total game changer. It was a game changer. So, but those are the things that make me happy. It's like these little things that people didn't realize is so simple. And like, I see the smile on their face from eating kale and I'm like, this is great. Like, I love this. Um, but yeah, no, I think there, what I wouldn't say there's one specific way that I would, would, um, if everything went my way, like I, it's really just dependent on the person, but sometimes I will say like, they'll come in for the physical part and I'll be like, you would also benefit from some of the mental part as well. I think everyone does, to be honest. Mm-hmm. 
So I was just wondering, like, out of curiosity, like, a big theme kind of for our podcast has been the quarter-life crisis for people. Have you, like, had clients come in and, like, our age and they're just, like, ridiculously overwhelmed and you've kind of had to help them learn to kind of balance out their life so they're not so overwhelmed by this quarter-life crisis? Yeah, um, I'd say, especially right now, I, I don't know if it's because of COVID too, but even myself, like some days I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't even know where to start. Um, a lot of it is kind of working on the prioritizing and being like, hey, let's, for, you know, I do a lot of breathing with people. I know that sounds boring, but sometimes we'll just breathe before session because it's like, hey, let's just get grounded. Let's relax. You know, I haven't seen you in a week and seems like a lot has happened in the past seven days. So sometimes it's more beneficial to just kind of breathe and have a little talk before we start the session or whatever it is. I've had PT sessions literally turn into, I guess I would say therapy, but just kind of crying. And I'm like, this is your time. Let's do what you need to do. Um, but yeah, I can, there, it, it's a lot of, I would say people's stress is really high right now. And it's, people are just feeling like they don't know where to start or what to do. Um, so it's helping people break it down and take it one day at a time, one step at a time. Um, I haven't actually, like we haven't said, you know, it was a quarter life crisis, but that's a good, good way to put it, I guess. Maybe we're all going through that right now. Um, so yeah, it's just helping people, I guess, manage that stress and also recognize they're not alone. Like I always try to be so honest with people. Like it's not just you. It's literally every single other person that walks through the door, including myself, um, but sometimes some people just have, you know, maybe more knowledge or a better, um, better have more tools in their toolkit of how to um, manage it. And that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm trying to help people is increase the tools um, and the coping mechanisms and things like that. And how do you feel about it in your in your own case, Marie, um, for navigating this this quarter life crisis? You seem to be someone who's kind of figured out the pathway that you wanted to be on, and you you did give a albeit short version of, of testing out the workforce. Um, but how do you feel like you you've navigated this, this crisis yourself? I wouldn't say I have, you know? <laughs> I don't know people, when people say they have it all figured out, I think they're lying, honestly. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just kind of, I think for me, it's just, like I said, I like to write things down. Um, so I like to make lists and I will again, prioritize, especially having your own business and keeping on up, up on top of everything that you need to do. It can get easy to feel like you're drowning. So, and wanting to like, I don't know about you, but like, sometimes I'll put like 30 things on my list for one day and I'll end up doing three. So it's kind of being aware of like your time and, just being mindful of like, hey, what's realistic? So I've tried to really limit that and being like, okay, if I get these two things done today, that's amazing. And putting less pressure on myself, recognizing like I'm human. Um, I think it's more effective to do that because then you get one thing done, you feel good, and then you move on to the next rather than having all these different things that you have to do and and just kind of being like feeling almost like a failure if you can't get them all done in that day. Um, I wouldn't say I have it all figured out though. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of, you know, when new challenges arise, I just, I try to like learn from them. I look at what can I control? Like, especially with COVID right now, I think it really comes down a lot is the control piece. We don't like, we can't control what's going to happen tomorrow. We can't control like the restrictions that are going to be put in place and things like that. I can't control, you know, 
client's decisions and things like that either. But it's like, how am I going to respond? And I can control what I do. So I think once you understand that piece, that's super helpful. Instead of looking at all the outside factors can be really overwhelming if you feel like you you don't have the control and then you kind of just feel helpless. But I think it's really important for people to understand that you're not helpless. There's actually lots that you can do, but I think it's just sitting down and kind of realizing what what are those things that you have power over. I think it's interesting when we did our interview with Alex about the quarter life crisis, like he kind of mentioned like very similar kind of wavelengths. Like he was just like working for like no purpose. And it was like, and then he took his control by quitting his job and like trying to figure out like what to do with like and have his purpose for things. So, and then like also with like you mentioning COVID, like kind of kickstarted your business. And that was like what kind of kickstarted his like freedom per se to like pursue what he's actually interested in. So I I think it's just so interesting the similarities between like what you're saying and what we've also like heard Alex say. So it's kind of like, it's interesting. Yeah. And like, it's funny you, you say that too, because uh, like I said, I try to look at the the benefits or the positives that's come out of COVID. So maybe it's, mm-hmm. I think a lot of new, pe- a lot of people have learned and realized there's like so many new skills that they didn't know they had before. Or like you said, just making those changes of like maybe quitting their job or getting a new job or moving or I don't know. I think COVID kind of pushed all of us out of our comfort zone. We weren't ready for it. So we're like, you know what? Let's just keep pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone and trying new things and doing new things. Because I think people realize, you know, they might have felt stuck or just unhappy with where they were at. And okay, so one of the biggest things, actually, I worked at Starbucks. That was one of my first jobs. And uh, for three years, and I had the same customers, the regulars come in every single day. It was on the way to downtown. They'd get the same drink the same pastry like clockwork every day. I try to switch it up for them and they would get mad at me. And um, they just looked so miserable. Like they just hated their lives. And I was just, you know, almost, you know, just out of high school and stuff. And I'm like, this sucks. Like if this is what an adult is like, I don't want to be an adult. Um, So I don't know, that kind of stuck with me. And when I came out of the social work field, because I also had a lot of friends going into jobs and or had already kind of had jobs previous and they, a lot of them like would just say how much they disliked it or they just kind of would wake up and really don't like, just wouldn't want to go to work. And I was like, Hey, I don't want to do that. Like, I want to honestly love what I do every single day. And like I said, you have one life to live. I know sometimes that could be harder. Like not everyone has the opportunity or maybe the luxury to just quit their job because they have to pay their bills or have families they have to, you know, take care of. But I don't know. I just look at it as like, enjoy every moment you have because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Right. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with that. It, it's funny when you, you say these, there's so much wisdom, you know, ingrained in, in these, in the answers you're providing. And it, it reminds me a lot of, um, we had our interview with your older brother, Mike, oh, gosh. and I wanted to ask about him because he's, he's going to be an episode that we're releasing in the future. And I want like, he's also started, you know, a related business where he was, a a personal trainer and started up his own gym. So did any of his running a business influence some of the decision-making you've made in your own business? Oh, for sure. Like Mike was, has definitely been one of my biggest supporters and I've learned so much from him. Like in the summer, actually last summer I went out there and actually got to see behind the scenes of VIP and how they ran the business and the logistics and things like that. So it was a good eye opener of like, Hey, this is what a business, like an actual running business looks like. 
and to not beat myself up at the beginning, even the first year of like, you know, not maybe even making that much money or getting that many clients or whatever it is. And just realizing that's kind of part of the process. It takes a long time. And I think patience is really important and that you have to adapt and be flexible and you're going to be constantly going back to the drawing board. You know how many times I've like done something and then have to completely go back and redo all of it because I just learned something new and I'm like, okay, great. But that's just part of it. And I feel like I'm always learning and growing. But yeah, Mike definitely, you know, he taught me a lot, especially with the uh, social media, the TikToks and stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of now morphed into that. But the business side of things he taught me, he taught me a lot about, you know, training and um, the mindset piece and the motivational piece. So he's definitely been a huge Im- inspiration for me. My business is on no level how VIP was, you know, it was a, a bigger business for sure. And they had a lot of employees. Mine's a small, a tiny business. It's just me. Um, I think it also showed me that I don't know if I want to get to that point of like something that's so big and like owning my own space, because I think I feel like I already have enough stuff I'm dealing with. And that's just like a lot more stress added on top of it, especially with COVID. Um, so there was some things he taught me that I was like, Hey, I don't want this. And I think I was really fortunate to be able to, to learn that before I I did it. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a really interesting take. And I loved your first reaction when I first brought Mike up, (laughs) you kind of gasped wondering where the (laughs) the conversation was headed, but that's amazing to hear that you, that you learned so much. And I think it's especially interesting that it showed you the areas that you don't want to go into. So do you think that's just because, you're maybe a little bit overwhelmed because you're just starting out or you actually don't see yourself wanting to scale to the level where you have to start managing people and, and running a whole physical space. Yeah, it's probably both. I think cause I'm so it's so new. And right now I'm feeling like I'm managing things pretty well on my own other days. Not so much. Like I, I do definitely have to ask for support from other people. I think eventually, especially with the whole business and media side of things, um, I will need to hire somebody on because, again, that's not my background. And it's something that is one of my biggest challenges. So eventually, maybe having one or two other people working with me would be really nice and especially give me a break sometimes because I am basically working seven days a week. So it'd be kind of nice to have that breather. But I don't think I ever honestly want to get to the point of how big VIP was. Not that what they do is amazing and everything they stand for, but I just don't think I want to get to like that level. And like you said, like having to manage all those people and and things like Mm -hmm. that. I like to keep it a little little bit smaller. Um, And yeah, like Mike got to the point where he was the trainer and things. And then he ended up kind of just being you know, more in the business side of things in the background, like he wasn't really even training or like working with clients anymore. And I, I, that's my favorite part. So I don't want to like lose that part, I guess. (laughs) Right now, anyways, maybe when I'm older, I'll I'll be tired of people. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I think it's like when you talk about the social media aspect of it, like, I Mm -hmm. like do the fair share of our social media for our podcast account and all of it I get stressed like it's a lot and like I'm not even posting like people that post like multiple times a day and are like on their stories all the time I'm like how do they do it because I post like twice a week maybe three times and I'm like so so stressed out about it (laughs) it's so funny you say that because when I started I was posting once a week and I'm like okay I was I've never been like huge like super active on Instagram or Facebook like I don't even think I've ever posted a Facebook status I'm like one of those people that creep other people it's kind of weird the lurker on Facebook anyways (laughs) 
yeah right like I'm just like what am I gonna post about like I'm watching Netflix whatever um so when you know because social media is such an important tool for for your business especially now in this this day and age I guess and people would I would always talk to marketers and people and they're telling me I have to do these things and I like my it was like a mental block in my brain one like no like I'm not gonna post every day like who like I don't have time for that I don't know how people do that and I'm not sure if you've been on my page or read my content but I do you know a lot goes into that like a post like I've spent at least an hour on each of my posts like at least and and getting the research and the content behind it and it it takes a while it's not just like I whip something up and find a quote on Google like I'm actually trying to make I want to put value into my posts and I think I've seen that a lot in other people's posts it's almost lost their value because of just wanting to get more out there so rather um I guess quantity over quality is what I'm trying to say. Um, I don't know if I'd ever get to that point, but I I do want to keep, I'd rather focus on quality than the quantity or the number of my followers and things like that. I really want people to to take something away from what I'm posting. But like you said, I don't think people understand how much work goes into it or like a TikTok, like it can become consuming and it can become exhausting. And I have to always be putting boundaries up with myself and being like, okay, you need to take a break because I'll realize when it's like starting to mentally affect me or just drain me. Oh yeah. It is so draining. And like, I like what you said kind of about like putting the quality into each post. Like that is definitely Mm -hmm. like what I aim to do. I'm like, what's best like going to engage people? What's going to make people want to listen? There is so much thought put into these posts for like people that just kind of like click through a story or just like a scroll on like lightning speed, you know what I mean? So it's, it's very kind of putting a lot of emphasis on this when who knows how many people would reach, right? Yeah. You can definitely tell you're, you're putting more effort in your posts and then you're going for that quality over quantity mm-hmm. aspect, because I can honestly say you're the only Instagram influencer, if you will, that I've ever screen captured the recipe and made it myself. <laughs> You can tell the detail that goes into it. It's almost like a mini blog when you have some of your posts. And and I think that goes a long way. It is, it's, if you have the quality, I'd rather interact with an engaging post that Mm -hmm. I take something away from than you know, 25 different posts that you just scroll through. And Mm -hmm. I think that that has a, a tangible outcome on your, on your business. So I like that you mentioned you had a mental block before, um, when you were starting out with social media. So how did you overcome that block? How did you start becoming you know, more entrenched in it and, and coming up with these quality posts and posting a lot more regularly? Honestly, I'd have to say it's just like, I, it's fighting with myself mentally a lot. Like I'm still learning, but it's kind of having a timeline. Like usually on the weekend, I'll try to come up with some post ideas and like different themes and topics. And then I'll have to make sure I have the content, whether it's a video or a picture or whatever it is that I'm going to be posting with it, but it's planning ahead of time. Um, I think organizational piece is like so important. Good thing I'm, I'm just naturally like an organized person and I like to kind of be prepared for the week. So it's just kind of having all those things ready to go. I'm still not posting every single day. I think now I'm posting like five times a week, which is a step up from once a week, right? Um, but again, I, I think I'll always focus more on the value piece and the quality over just trying to push things out there as fast as I can. Does that mean I'm necessarily going to get all these followers and become Instagram famous? No, but that's also not my goal. So I think once you realize what your goal is, um, it becomes a little bit easier in that way. Um, but yeah, I think it's, 
it's just realizing you have to be prepared basically and because I've had times where I'll have a post and then like I'll, I'll write about something and then I'm like, wait, I don't even have a photo for this. Like, what do I do? Right. So it's making sure you have all those things ready to go. Um, and again, it is a process. It does take time. You have to like, got to set some time, just like meal prepping, Travis, you got to put time aside for it. <laughs> I was just going to say the parallels are so clear that it's just like meal prepping. You're not going to be able to eat super healthy if you don't have any kind of plan. And that's one of the biggest takeaways I've had from your programs. And yeah, it's, it doesn't work if you just hope it all comes together. Yeah, You're not going to have a good post if you don't put the time aside and prepare for it. And you're not going to have a good meal if you don't do that either. Right. So yeah, definitely. And we just have to preface this because the one topic i asked marie if there's anything specifically she wanted to talk about and she said organization and i said there's no way we're going to be able to talk about it on the podcast it's so boring and here you are you slipped it in and we're already having an interesting <laughs> conversation around it so is there any organization tip that you want to share with our guests you know what i'm gonna and it's gonna be related to nutrition i want to know if people have done this i'm gonna call travis out because he straight up said I said I could do a podcast on um, organization, just that topic. And he was like, no. He's like, hey, let's role play this basically and see how this would go. Because he's like, this is going to be so boring. I said a couple things. Lisa was like, this is great. Like, I love this. And then I said one thing that Travis was like, hey, game changer. And that is um, putting your your spices in alphabetical order. Because then you just know it's so easy to grab C for cinnamon. It's right here, right? Um I don't know. I just like things to be effective and know where things are. But I don't know, Travis, you said that was a game changer for you. So (laughs) make things easier in the kitchen, right? (laughs) Yeah, that was one of my biggest grievances at our old apartment is we had no room for the spice rack because it was was just it was miles deep, but not wide at all. So you couldn't see any (laughs) of the spices. And it was a large reason we moved out of our house. So if you had told us that a couple months ago, you might have helped our landlord out a bit. (laughs) Damn, if only... I also have like a cupboard that's just specifically like I'll break things up. So I'll have, I have just a seed and nut cupboard because I love seeds and nuts. Um, Like again, put seeds and nuts on everything. Let's add that crunch. Let's spice it up. And then I have my vitamins too, or like supplements. I have those in alphabetical order as well. And then those are all together, like my proteins and stuff. So organization environment is another piece that's really important to your wellness journey. You got to live in a, your space needs to be organized and it needs to feel good. It's going to impact you in your wellness journey. (laughs) Oh, I agree 110%. And I bought last year the home edit book and it's changed my life where like I was, it was so chaotic. And I think part of that is having like two under two, which is like a mayhem at all times. So like (laughs) having like a space like almost like something you can like control like if everything and like keeping it all together was like helped mentally in such a big way and I I I agree with you Marie I think people don't give organization the props it deserves no they don't I actually it's funny I had a client that um I I found that their their space was seeping into their just their feeling of being overwhelmed and stressed and it actually was, you know, kind of contributing to their, their mental health. So I was like, we need to like, one of the biggest things right now is we need to get your space organized and we need you to feel good in the place you live. And I actually kind of, I might just even add it to my business organization 
side, but I actually helped that client uh, completely transform their their living space, and they feel so much better just from that change. Yeah, you should, Marie. You could have a four pronged approach. Yeah, you're yes. an expert. You've helped me before organize my clothes. So, <laughs> yeah, I love organizing closets for sure. Yeah. <laughs> There we go. You're going to love our I'm next guest, it. Christine. She's a wardrobe revivalist. So Ooh, this is our, our prelude I to, need to, yeah. I need to meet her. We need to combine forces. <laughs> yeah. A little package deal. You guys should do a collab. You heard it here first, people. Was- <laughs> we want uh, an affiliate link. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait. You guys get ready. <laughs> That'd be great. But yeah. Okay, Maria, I had another question for you. Is the role of social media and kind of its effects on mental and physical health? Because I feel like there's so many comparisons with social media. Like, do you encounter that a lot kind of with your training? Like, are people bringing in photos and be like, I want to look like this person on this page or any of that? That's so funny you bring that up because I was just having that conversation with some people yesterday where it's kind of like, you know, do you ever go to the hairdressers and you're like, I want this hair color, I want this. And then it's like some of it's photoshopped or just unrealistic and your hairdresser's like, well, damn, like I, this isn't going to happen. Kind of the same thing with me, but even more so because it's like, unless you get surgery and do all this stuff, that's not really just going to happen overnight. Um, but yeah, I definitely, I think social media media plays a huge role in that. Um scrolling every day you're seeing these unrealistic photos and you know a lot of them are photoshopped there's so much you can do these days with photos and it gives people this idea of like okay this is how I should look um, because it's so oversaturated we see all the time now like this is what I guess an ideal body type kind of should look like Um, and people forget that there is a lot of photoshop and, and things like that that are involved and people forget about just like their we, I talk a lot about with people their own genetics and just really realizing what their body type is and as well just really accepting and loving who they are and that your body really doesn't define you. And I always try to get people to look at the internal factors. So like, how's your energy? Um, how's your motivation feeling? Like, how are you feeling mentally? Like, we try to look at those things. And I think like, do you ever just see a person who just is so confident but from the inside like it just like kind of like shines out like you can they just look so good because you can tell they feel so good inside um so I think that's just kind of my goal with people once they feel good inside it'll it'll um also uh, I guess translate or it'll help them feel look good on the outside as well but yeah I do think social media plays a a huge part in that I think social media is a double-edged sword you know there's good and bad that comes out of it for sure Heck, like I've caught myself comparing and being like, especially in the fitness industry, I'll see people and I'm like, hey, like, how, how does someone look like this, you know, and then it's like, what did they do to get here? And then I'm realizing we're all on our own journeys. And I also don't know what's real, what's not. And I don't know how long they've been working out for what they've done to get to that point. So it's kind of like, well, why am I comparing myself to all these unknown things? Well, I always say compare yourself to yourself. Compare yourself to the person you were yesterday. You should only really, you know, comparing yourself can be a driving, it can be a motivational thing, but it can also really lower your self-esteem and your self-worth and confidence, which will in turn lower your your motivation to even want to make a change or want to do anything. So I think it's just really trying to turn that focus on yourself and realizing you only have so much energy, the more you're comparing yourself to someone else, you're using your valuable energy on that, where you could be putting that into yourself, right? Um, but it is really hard because social media is at the click of a finger and 
and we are bomb- bombarded every day with these things and you know especially all the um the celebrities and stuff and who knows how much work and money they have had to get those things done right and it's like I can help you get a bigger butt and I can help you you know if you want to get a smaller waist but we're going to do it the long sustainable way and you're going to feel good it's not going to be through surgery or or whatever right um but yeah I do I definitely think that it it does come into play a lot with the way people feel about themselves which is which is too bad but I think once you're aware of like think about Instagram it's just kind of unrealistic snapshots we're showing the the most perfect parts of our life right we're also not showing those real human emotions and challenges like typically we're not doing that we're not taking a photo of us crying in bed and being like you know we went through all this today we're showing the most perfect day or or at least faking it so then as humans we think oh this is how we should be feeling this is what our life should be like when actually we're human and we're all going through challenges and struggles but unfortunately people just aren't really sharing those things um we're just showing i guess what we think is the best or best side of us or things like that yeah your highlight reel exactly yeah thank you so much marie we're we're probably gonna wrap it up here but we just wanted to ask you where people can find you where they can get more information if they're interested in some of your programs yeah of course um so I guess my biggest things would be on social media if you have an Instagram uh, as we're just talking about social media and so yeah mine is inside out dot total wellness on Instagram and then also on Facebook, Inside Out Total Wellness. If you go to my Instagram, there's links to my website, but you can also just go to www.insideouttotalwellness.com and that'll take you there too. But I'd say the Instagram is the easiest way if you have that or Facebook as well. But remember, everything in moderation, not too much social media. You got to give that, you got to give yourself a mental break. And I want to say a little fun tip. Did you know that using your your um what is it called i'm trying to get the word for it um like using your brain to look at a screen so your visual um why can i not guys i can't your even think eyes of the word. <laughs> yeah your eyes i'm trying to think of the fancier way to say it anyways that takes up a, the most glucose in your body so you know you do you ever feel like when you're just sitting at a screen all day you feel exhausted and you're like, why am I exhausted? Because I literally did nothing all day but sit on and stare at a screen because that uses the most glucose um, through your brain. And then the only way to replenish that is through sleep, exercise, or eating eating well. And then because you're so tired, you don't really want to do any of those things. And then you're usually on your screen going trying to go to sleep and then you can't sleep, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that cycle. So in moderation, put your phone down when you can and take a break and move your body and Go eat some yummy snacks. Yeah. That's kale it. chips. Oh, I love kale chips. <laughs> that's so interesting. So if you are staring at a screen versus just staring at a wall, are you mm-hmm. saying it uses more energy to stare at a screen? Yes. Yeah. Um, for I guess like just the the different lights that are coming out of the screen. Um, I just thought of the it's your visual, like your visual field. So I guess, yeah, Travis, you're right. Your eyes. I just wanted to, <laughs> I wanted it to sound a little bit better than that. Okay. Um, but it's just more, de- it's the most depleting. Um, it uses the most glucose, glucose stores from your brain and your body through looking at a screen. And that's why they say to like trying to go to bed. It's like the, is it the blue light? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, that I guess in- interferes with with your sleep patterns and things like that. But yeah, try it out. We could always do a test. We could stare at a wall for an hour and then maybe stare at a screen and then see which one makes us feel more tired. Sorry, Marie. Sorry, I slept with like my phone beside my bed, like majority of people. And like I was having the worst sleeps ever. And then I started putting my phone in the kitchen and now it just stays in the kitchen and I have like the best night's sleep. Like they're so deep and like so wonderful. And so now I'm like, I'm never going back. So I don't look at my phone like the last hour before I go to bed. And then I don't look at it until an hour after I've been awake in the mornings. And it's like such a big difference. Like you're way more productive. Can I hire you? Hire me <laughs> because what? I try to, I I try to get I try to get people to do that, and just no one's having it. No one believes it me. It is the best. But you can tell people. You should do a, a commercial for me. I will do commercial. You can film me plugging yeah. it in at night, like sleeping. <laughs> yeah. No, guys, it all advice. starts with sleep. Okay, so that being said, you guys should go go get some sleep now. <laughs> Dismissed. So we'll get you out here on on one spicy hot take you might have if you've been thinking about it. We asked you to brainstorm one before, uh, oh, before the no. interview. Well, I don't know what's appropriate or not, but <laughs> <laughs> it's spicy. What, is this is this is this have to be PG thirteen? It doesn't no. have to be. No, no. We'll make an explicit episode. Yeah, I was having this conversation with somebody about working out and working out is better than sex think about it you said something specifically though i thought (laughs) the hamstring curl machine (laughs) and it has to be it has to be on it has to be on a moderate to heavy resistance anyways give it a try people always ask me why do you love going to the gym and i'm like just go try the hamstring curl machine, okay? The benefit of that too is your face is looking directly at the ground, so you can make any kind of facial expression. Yeah. You want. <laughs> see, just see Travis, you you already know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Marie. Um, yeah. It's it's been yeah. so great talking to you, and, and that, for anyone that's getting interested in the programs, I would highly recommend her because I have been on your your wellness journey, and I can honestly say it's completely changed my relationship with food. So if you are interested, just just reach out to her and she'll have a three-prong approach to change your life. Well, thanks so, thanks so much, Travis. I appreciate it. And thank you, Brittany. It was a lot of fun. Definitely, definitely better than watching Netflix. There we go. <laughs> Almost as good as the hamstring machine. Yeah. Oh, not quite. Sorry, no. 